Have you ever wondered how the separate threads of your life fit in to one big picture? How the individual moments of challenge and triumph connect to one another to form the great meaning of your life? I am Anna Mullins, your Life Story Editor, and I'm convinced that making sense of our deepest pain can help us understand our deepest purpose. In my speaker training program and on this podcast, I help people weave together those confusing, often shameful pieces of their past, revealing the life-changing lessons that create their profound new story. Welcome to Unapologetic Stories, where secrets are out and the truth is in. Welcome back, storytellers. I am so excited today, beyond excited, because I will be joined in a short while by two very special guests, very special people to me, and two women who have been along for this unapologetic ride since, probably since I was, since 2018, Melanie Dawn and Catherine or Kathy Buchanan. They were also original cast members on season one of this pod, so I'm excited for all of you. If you've been listening for a while, you'll get a chance to catch up with how they're doing, what they're doing, um, all the COVID revelations, I suppose. Uh, We will be tackling, though, a big topic today, and there are no two people I would want to tackle this topic with other than these two ladies, and the topic is how to reconnect. The reason I wanted to touch on this topic for you is because COVID has been an absolute beast when it comes to connection and relationships and maintaining them, not only for the world of events, which I talked about on the first edit of season two, and not being able to gather people together and put people in rooms and just even hang out for a walk, um, but it's been a beast in all of our personal lives as well. In my own experience and the experience of many others that I've spoken with, clients, friends, colleagues, family members, the stories truly that we all believed before this pandemic about who we were, who we knew, why we were close with certain people, how we knew them, who our allies were, who our supporters were, all that has shifted, I think, and it's been a palpable shift for all of us. And I know that this is coming up for many people that I'm speaking with. So I wanted to bring it to the table. And I think with just the rise of, I don't know, I want to call it like an uncovering in a sense. COVID has been like this great reveal, this great uncovering of who we all are in a fascinating and also very troubling way, I think, because we're seeing a lot of the stories and the patterns in our lives that we were hanging on to. And some of those insecurities maybe that we had never dealt with before uh, come to the surface. People we thought were our friends uh, may not even feel like our friends anymore. And that's been really hard. We've all been dealing with the pandemic in our own way, surviving the best we can. And speaking for myself, it has been impossible, I think is the word, to maintain the types of communication channels that I had before as well as juggling work and kids and health and financial changes and just keeping our head above water. As a result, uh, relationships have taken a really huge hit and I am seeing one of two messages around this out there. The first is this idea of stepping into compassion, right? Number one, don't judge your friends during a pandemic. 
right? Don't take things personally. Easier said than done. I've taken so much personally over the last year, still trying to shake some stuff off. Um, but number two is kind of this other message that I'm hearing, which is don't settle for relationships where you're just not getting the same in return. Don't settle for those connections if you feel that they're not making you feel good, I guess. So anyway, I'm excited to dig in here. Um, I don't want to wait too much longer droning on here when I've got these two beautiful ladies waiting to get in the room and kick off this beautiful conversation. And hopefully today we can rewrite and edit our way back to the story of real connection and what that really means. So Kathy Buchanan and Melanie Dawn, welcome, welcome, welcome to Unapologetic Stories. We are so happy to be back. <laughs> I'm so happy to have so, you. So, so long. <laughs> I know. So excited for this today, Anna. Looking forward to it for days now. It's been great. Looking forward to it. Oh, I'm so glad to even, I know our listeners can't see your faces, but I can see your faces, which is so great. And it's, I mean, I know we get screen fatigue with Zoom all the time. It's like the only way we can actually see each other right now, but um, I don't know. Let me tell you that Melanie is looking very gorgeous at the moment in kind of an off the shoulder, like green sweater, I guess. What is that? It's beautiful. Anyway, and she is parked in her bathroom to record today, which is <laughs> the, the mom hideaway. <laughs> so hiding good. from the dog and hiding from the husbands, hiding from the kids. Get me out of here. <laughs> Like how to reconnect? Well, first disconnect by going to the bathroom alone. Hundred <laughs> percent. Step one. <laughs> okay, ladies. So first of all, so nice to see you. Um, we are talking today about reconnecting and the difficulty with that. And the reason I wanted the two of you here for this topic was multi-layers. For layered, um, for starters, you have both been involved in the unapologetic movement since 2018. Kathy and I met at our first event. Mel and I, I think, just shortly after our first event, right before the second. Both of you hosted workshops at the second event after you actually graduated from speaker training, as well as serving on the committee for 2019, and you performed on the stage in 2019, and you were on the committee again for 2020, and also served as panelists and expert panelists at the 2020 show, and you were original cast members on this podcast in season one. So there was this time before COVID struck that yeah, the three of us would be seeing each other, I think, upwards of three or four times a week, sometimes five. It was literally nuts. Like, we just lived in each other's worlds and lives. And then in between times, we'd be on text and we'd be conversing on Marco Polo and all kinds of other communication. Uh, you were not just friends, really, and you weren't just event talent. I really think that as solo entrepreneurs ourselves, in a way that we just became like colleagues, like if we worked in an office, we would have been like side by side in a cubicle with each other. It just felt that intense for you. And then early on in COVID, um, at some point or another, everything in my business and life and world and the unapologetic thing just fell apart. So like, I couldn't see you guys anymore. I was like, what happened? I can't see you and plus COVID. Um, so I think my first question is, were you sick of me? Is that what happened? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. That's not my first question. But but now I'm now I'm interested. Were you sick Very of <laughs> Kathy, get us started here. Talk talk okay. to me truly. I mean, you can answer that question if you want. I think it would be okay. I'm sick of you. No. Um, sadly, I not sadly, good and bad. When unapologetic stuff came to a grinding halt along with the rest of the world, like that was my huge source of outlet in terms of friendships and connections, uh, vulnerability, 
um, bouncing work ideas off you guys. Um, I don't know, just my verbal puking of, okay, could I do this? Could I not do this? What do you think? Am I freaking crazy? Um, and I really, I miss that. And uh, what are we doing next week? What are we doing with the next show? Who are we hiring next year? What's happening? Just all that was so exciting. And it was so new for us, really a couple years in. And it was sort of felt like we were all together on this path. And this is what life was going to be for the foreseeable future. And like so many others, it just came to a grinding halt. So it was work, it was dreams, it was connections, it was friendships, it was literally everything. So, I mean, my personal home life didn't change that much because I work from home, but those outward connections were just, as with everyone else too, just grinding halt on so many levels. So it was, it was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I, you, I mean, you just took all of my inner thoughts and articulated them beautifully, but yeah, it was all of that was, it was all of our dreams too. It was just plans and things and it was We were taking so- the show on the road, man. <laughs> We literally did. In fact, at the 2020 event, the videographer interviews were specific, like my B-roll, my footage that I have from that event, which I haven't even done anything with, because how in God's name am I supposed to know at this point what what video to put out about that event was all about moving the show to different cities. Mm-hmm. like actually like getting on airplanes and like traveling <laughs> like every single component Never. of that event was wrapped up in a non-covid reality yeah yeah like, no. I mean, yeah it's crazy it's it's on actually as I'm talking about it my heart is really heavy right now and I haven't really thought I haven't felt this heavy about it in probably a long time because I haven't thought about the whole like nine months of of it all together in one package until just this moment because you kind of go day by day, week by week for the last nine months. And right now it's like, wow, okay, we're going back to day one. And what has the last nine months looked like? And it's, yeah, it's devastating. And it's such a build up too, right? Like we were building up to this big show and the big show was done. And five days later, the world shut down. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah. And I I mean, not many people, I think, other than the committee would know, or somebody who's obviously produced an event, knows the crazy amounts of time and communication that goes into just those finer details. Like, who is standing at block A at the door when the first flow of guests come in? Do we have a station? Do we have signage in that location? Like, it's just, it's so the finer details of it, like that is an entire day's conversation just to talk about that. Sometimes. And had that been, been the next weekend? Oh, we wouldn't have had it. Yeah. 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 I think back now, even, even the flight that Sarah was on, I don't even remember, like, I truly don't remember thinking at the time that I was worried for her or to be on an airline. Like the consciousness was not there yet. We didn't have it in our mindset I don't think and maybe I was I was just not paying attention I don't think I was was like you know I think it, I was, wasn't a thing it we just wasn't an there. airplane on the Wednesday and the world shut down on the Thursday we had right. no idea yes because you did you were like on and that's right you got stuck kind of out of country too yeah holy moly I forgot about that Anyway, yeah. So Mel, do you kind of like, do you feel the same way when we're kind of talking about it now that there's this sense of like this heart heaviness, as Kathy said? Yeah, because I hadn't really thought about it to the extent that we're speaking about it right now. 
just all the connections that we had leading up to it. Plus I was in speaker training the next time around. So we had a lot of time together and then it was nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. And I, I, um, you know what, let's just actually, I'm just going to go straight into that. How did that actually feel for you? And I think specifically, cause we've got the three of us here right now. And I would say, just looking at your two faces, I know that you're just like my life or people. Like I know that in my heart and soul and mind. And I do know that it's just, I know you're there, but that kind of mentality too, I think was Uh, was troubling early on in COVID because I just, I know I was like, oh, here we are homeschooling my kids, doing this, trying to figure out my husband works in kind of events too, quite heavy in that industry. So the two of us are just kind of struggling to figure out how do we keep our life together at this point? And in the back of my mind thinking like, thank God I got my people that are still there. And yet there was like, I was not communicating with almost anybody at that time. I know that was true for me. Definitely. I just couldn't maintain or uphold like even a text message thread. And it didn't even matter. It didn't seem to matter. It just didn't. And, And I say that, and I'm really being honest about that because not that you didn't matter or not that my friendships didn't matter. Relationships didn't matter. It's just that they mattered less than putting food on the table. I think those people aren't there at the end of it, then Okay. Yeah. Okay. So let's actually talk about that. Cause this is the, this is the thing I think that I know other people are struggling with, which is this question of like, what happens if they're not, what does that look like? If you're just kind of hanging on to this trust, I guess that like everything will just come back together and people will just hang on and wait for you. I don't know that that's happening across the board, Kathy. What does that, when I say that, like what comes up? Do you know what's interesting? I remember thinking maybe sort of 10 days, two weeks in, Um, reflecting on conversations with friends, with what was going on in the world, how I was feeling, how they were feeling and thinking to myself, wow, like I actually don't know if this person's going to be my friend long-term because I was really struggling with like how I was reacting or how they were reacting. And a lot of times in our friendships, we had all come together because we have sort of the same thought patterns and the same goals in life and think same things sort of move us. And in this moment of chaos, um, it was really hard to find that common ground. Uh, yes, we were all struggling, but in different ways, and it showed up in different ways for everyone. Um, not everyone was affected in the same way in that I was, I work from home. A lot of my work is online. Um, my husband continued to go to work. So our day-to-day in our, in our home actually didn't change, really didn't change that much. And other friends, it did. And it was just interesting to think to myself, wow, I'm going to have to check myself here. And when we get through this, whatever that looks like, and in that time I was thinking through this, oh, maybe we're going to be through this in six to eight weeks. I honestly could not fathom a year, almost a year now, and probably still a year from now until things are quote unquote back to some sort of normal-ish, whatever that looks like. Um, Thinking to myself, yeah, I have to just reevaluate in a year, put the brakes on my emotions and how other people are dealing with things and see where I'm at with friendships, you know, a year from now, because I... I realized it wouldn't be fair to judge people because we all just don't know what the frick we're doing right now. Okay. But let's talk, I think, about some of those emotions that come up because this is what I was sort of talking to earlier was that there is these kind of two mindsets that I I know I juggle between and everybody really does. I think it's human nature to be like, do they just not want to be my friend anymore? Are they, am I not that important? Was I never that important? Was you start to actually 
unwind and unravel a little bit with, I don't want to call it anxiety. I do want to just call it reevaluation because I think that's what's happening, right? Things are big transition, big change. And you're trying to really figure out like, was what I believed about that connection real or about that relationship? Is that what, what other emotions came up for you? I know that was true for me, but. Yeah, I would say that's true. I have friends that I've been friends with like since kindergarten, since high school. And even if those relationships were maybe struggled, I kind of felt, yeah, they'll always be there. They've been there for 30 years. But I would say, yeah, for sure, some of the closer connections in the last two to three years, for sure. And even with our group, there is that kind of like, hmm, okay, has because the connection and maybe this big show and production and things that were how we became connected with the services that you offer, if that's now not happening, yeah, where, where do we fit? Is that connection going to be there? It, did it go beyond it? It felt like it did, but was that just me? Like, is there, yeah. So yeah, there definitely, I, there was moments of that for sure. Just mm-hmm. feeling like, hmm, well, so-and-so hasn't texted me back for two days. So, okay, well, maybe I, okay, maybe I won't check in on them. Maybe they don't want to be checked in on or they do, but not by me. So yeah, I felt that for sure. Yeah, that's, uh, and I want our listeners to know actually that this is actually the first time that we've had this conversation. Yeah. This is really quite like, it's raw and, and what happens when you're talking to me is I'm like, oh, in the back of my head, I just, like, I know that I was like, I couldn't have survived, but for check-ins, truly. Yeah. But I also could not on many days find the will to just like press a button and text. Mm-hmm. Like it really was just like the fatigue and the exhaustion around that. And I, I held, and I know, I know I still do this. I held in my heart that it was like, they will understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And whether that's fair or not is I'm sure up for debate, but I know that that was true. Cause I've had other, I mean, the same thing happened both ways. This is not just a one way thing for sure. I think it's just who, what, where, and how, but yeah, I think that it's, yeah, I can feel that heart heaviness right now, actually thinking about it because it does feel like what in the heck did this year do? Sure. I even remember sometimes thinking really wanting to be there for my friends. And then kind of like you're saying with sending that message, it's sort of like, I want to send that message. And yet I kind of don't want to know what they're going to say back. (laughs) I mean, you want them to want to entrust in you with how they're feeling. But I remember a few moments thinking, shit, like, what if I check on 10 people and they're all having really shitty days and they want to get into this big message or big conversations. And then you're having huge conversations with 10 people and you probably can't serve them or yourself in any of that. That you still, I don't know. It just, it felt, yeah, I did feel overwhelming on those days for sure. Kathy, I'm so glad you said that because I was going to bounce over to Mel. This is, you were reading my mind. I think I was going to bounce over to Mel around this particular topic because it is partly how what I was carrying as well as somebody who works as kind of a coach and counselor. I say kind of, that is my actual job. (laughs) And it's what I do. And I carry a lot of um, stories for people and have always, and it is my joy and it's my passion and it's what I do. Um, But there are times when that's, that's a lot, that's too much. And particularly when my own story becomes a little bit too heavy to carry and I'm trying to carry it and I'm trying to carry my husband's story and the rest of my family's story and my kids' stories as they're navigating COVID, you're right. It's like, oh, I, I, I don't know maybe where this is. I don't know that I've got the energy for 10, 15, 20 minutes. I don't know that I can carry that right now. Yeah. 
And that was, yeah, thank you. So Mel, for you as well, you are not only Melanie on coaching, you are a coach, but also I would say that you are kind of the carrier of many people's stories and always have been as well. Like you are that person, have been that person for me for sure. Um, and so many others. Did that come up for you as well? Well, yeah. I mean, I, at the beginning of this, I went through like grief and loss of essentially my business. Um, I had worked so hard and was gaining momentum and had so many workshops and courses and stuff planned for March and April. And it was like picking up and ready to go. And it was just at the point where I could not even manage my own feelings, let alone try and manage a, a Zoom room full of people, <laughs> right? Like I had to really take a step back and check myself because as much as I don't want to admit this I will this has been so much harder on me than I thought it was going to be mm. um I'm coming through it now and feeling better but yeah it was just heavy like constantly these thoughts and emotions are coming up on you know like what did I make it mean that I had to stop doing my workshops well obviously mm -hmm. that I'm a failure what else would it mean you know, and it just, it, it just turned into this like tailspin of downward. Blech. So uh, I'm, I'm glad that I had taken the time to step away and just focus on me and focus on my small little group and not expand my energy out further than I could um, manage. Yeah. Uh, first of all, thank you for sharing that. I always love like your Kind of courage and vulnerability it's like what I miss the most about recording as a group is just being able to have these conversations um but yeah okay so what did we make that mean it, like somehow even though there's a global pandemic and even though we're carrying the weight of everything else happening in the world in some way or another you made it mean that you individually were failing as a coach yeah, or as an entrepreneur. Something really interesting to me, like, is because as some of you know, I am and have been a dental assistant for 22 years now and coach part-time, part-time both. And you said to me, well, why, why can't you just be okay with going to your job and making money and, and not making it mean that you can't step away from coaching for a bit? People have mortgages to pay. You have to do what you have to do to put food on the table and pay the mortgage. Yes. And, you know, I was out of work for four months in dental because we were shut down. And, and at that point, I was like, I, I just didn't feel like workshops and coaching was what was needed in the world at that time. Nobody knew what was going to happen and what was happening. And you said to me, why, like, why can't you just go and do that and just make that mean that you just need to make money right now to be able to contribute to the family? And I was like, hmm, it's true. I know I go to this job and I get paid X amount of dollars for this many days. doesn't mean that I can't go back to coaching at some point, but it, yeah. And so I, I really appreciated it when you, when you said that to me, because it made it all kind of make sense. Like, yeah, doesn't mean that I'm a failure. It just means that priorities are different right now. 
Yeah. Priorities are different. And, and I think priorities are actually priorities. Like we've, we've started to figure out what priority actually means. Because I think before this, a lot more could be prioritized. There was mm-hmm. a lot more we could take on. We could take on multiple, obviously multi-tiered events and business plans and dreams and various different connections and relationships and travel schedules and all kinds. Mm-hmm. But when the weight and, and the stress of something this big falls on you, it starts to kind of chip away at the capacity. So mm-hmm. what capacity do we have left? We have to start making choices that we didn't have to make before. Mm-hmm. And then we start to unravel, like, what do those choices mean? And is that is that a priority? Why is it a priority? Right? And as friendships and connections and and relationships go, you can actually start to say, well, am I not a priority then? Was I not a priority? Was my coaching not a priority? No, but it's not as big of a priority. I think of Maslow's like hierarchy of needs here. It's just not as big of a priority as food. Survival. As actual survival. And do a full day of dental, come home and do like a three hour workshop. And it was not, it wasn't a thing. Now I'm like, I don't have the energy to do that. I just need to get through my day, come home, make dinner, do the things, go to bed. Yeah. Yeah. Like survive, survive. Yeah. And yet in that, and one of the, the things that we've talked about, I know forever, and I talk about, I harp on about this, is that connection is part of our survival. It may be the most important thing to our survival And it was just kind of a struggle to do that. I mean, we were certainly reconnecting to our priorities and reconnecting maybe to our, our immediate family and what their needs were, which is, which is a okay too. But there is the, the social aspect of our lives can really save us during these times. And that is at least for the three of us, I know we had this, I call it kind of like a moment of saving when we reconnected at, um, I don't know, what was it, a seaside cabin or something? I mean, back yeah, in the, like, B&B. yeah, B&B, in this like very small pocket of time where we were allowed to have bubbles. Friends. Not anymore. We're, not, we're back to lockdown. But uh, at the moment, at that moment, I don't remember when it was, a few months ago anyway, uh, Kathy had reached out and said, do you girls want to just have a sleepover? And like, go to this B&B and I'm like, you have no idea. I don't think I like, like, yes, yes, I do. Yes. When, when can I, how can I drive? How much? Yes. (laughs) Whatever it takes, I will flip and be there. And that is interesting to me because no matter what, like, as soon as I thought of being in person connected, I'm like, done. I have the energy for that. It's all of this bloody screen fatigue stuff that's just like doing our heads in. I think it doesn't feel like a real connection anyway. So let's talk, Kathy, let's talk about that reconnection. What were you? (laughs) That particular reconnection. That particular incident of our wild sleepover. (laughs) Okay. Well, that was a good sleepover. That was a lot of fun. Um, And it was weird actually, because it had, that was, I want to say it was early October, was it? Maybe? I don't even know. know. September, October, somewhere in there. I can't. It was like just at that moment where Bonnie Henry had said, you can, you know, form your small bubble of X many people. We were like, want to bubble up? Let's do this. Like, (laughs) if I don't, if I don't get my people back, I'm, I'm, this is it. We're heading like danger zone. Like, I guess by then it had been about what, three and a half, four months since we'd all seen each other. 
So yeah, it was just literally nonstop chatter, verbal puking. It wasn't, it was seven months. It was October because I remember saying, how has it been seven months that we have been together? It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, there was um, several glasses of wine, which were well, well enjoyed (laughs) and lots of chit chats. And it was great. It was almost um, like, I remember moments of it actually being kind of like, this is not because of the wine, by the way, Uh, moments of just being like, kind of outside myself watching it happen because it didn't really seem real. It almost seemed like we shouldn't be doing that, even though we were allowed to be doing it and just not wanting it to stop, like wanting to be like, okay, can we do this next weekend too? Can we do it the weekend after? Or can we make this a monthly thing or at least a seasonal thing or yeah. So I just remember it being so good. And I think it was, we had a lot of emotions too. There was lots of emotions, there was lots of laughs, but there was tears and it was, yeah, it was good. It was really, it was good. It was heavy and it was light and it was kind of all of the things. There was some dancing in there. <laughs> like, I think Mel was on top of the dining table. At one yeah, that's point. actually, I think, true. <laughs> we had some singing, we had some dancing, we had some, I would call it karaoke, although people who do karaoke would not want us to call it that. Yeah. <laughs> but it did, it felt like this enormous release of all of the kind of everything's and nothing's that had happened for seven months of figuring out who are we all are we still the same people that we knew like is that still the and we were (laughs) we actually were to I mean we probably flooded out a lot of emotional stuff that wasn't there in March but other than that and navigated some of those emotions as you said Kathy but yeah I felt like that too it was just what is how are we even here and can this be two nights? Can it be three? Like, why, what are we, why did we do 24 hours? That was dumb. Like we needed more than that. We need a whole, I don't know. We needed a whole other seven month long event to plan. <laughs> and weren't we like shut down again, like four weeks later or five weeks later, we were on shutdown, right? Yeah. I can't, it was somewhere soon after that. I yeah, felt like we just had this like pocket of time where there was enough safety to be able to like gather in small groups. And then all of a sudden we weren't allowed anymore. And and actually, as we speak, as we record, we are on that kind of lockdown mode again. I don't think it's called lockdown, so it's probably the wrong word for it. And I don't know if this will be dated or listened to at some point, and somebody (laughs) will tell me it wasn't really a lockdown. But in any case, uh, we are on like no outside of immediate family again. That's the current rules is, you know, no intermingling outside of your immediate core family that lives in your household with you. So we're kind of like back again. I feel like we're back in that swing where we're like, oh, here we go again. And I personally feel like I am better equipped this time around to navigate connection and communication and relationships. And I feel like, okay, oh, I can do this. Okay. Everybody's still fine. They're still who they are. And, you know, yes, the world has changed in a major way. Um, But I think, I think we could do this. I think we're going to be good. I think think they still like me. (laughs) I don't think they're sick of me. Like all of the weird insecurity stuff, you know, like I I feel less that way than I did when this first started. It's like practice with connection. (laughs) Connection. That Zoom call with my girlfriends last night, I was like, do I, I don't even know if I know how to do this anymore. How do we life again? I'd like to rename this podcast to how to attempt to reconnect after living in a hole for nine years yeah right (laughs) oh oh why nine years 
because it feels like the longest year of my life. Okay. Okay. I was going to say, is there a March moment nine years ago? I was gonna no. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Just, just like, how do we, how do we real life again? Like, how do I be a friend again? And how do I, like, there's moments. And like you said, like when we got together, it was all like no time had passed mm-hmm. exactly how it was before, which is, feels good because even last night, yeah, before we hopped on our call, I was like, like, I just feel like I have nothing, to, nothing's new. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like I can watch TV. <laughs> See, that's interesting too, to me, as I think maybe that's a way that we can say before we felt very interesting. Like yeah. we had plans and dreams and things. So, and it felt good and it kind of boosted your confidence to have actual conversations with people because you could say, look at this cool thing I'm working on or look at this great idea that I have and hey, want to come along for the ride? And it kind of felt like I, I was certainly a more interesting person, I think, back then when I had things going on. And most of my conversations in the early days, and I know this is true, I, I maintained very few kind of like conversations because I had my two kids at home at the time and I was homeschooling them, which was like, I, uh, I'll talk about this on a future podcast, how absolutely insane that period of time was of keeping my children happy and educated and like, it, all of my own story that came up around that about like, they're not getting enough education and they need that. And all of that, I was just navigating so much thinking that their safety was at risk, that their future was at risk, that all of that was coming up. Literally the only piece, people that I texted in that time were like their teachers mm-hmm. and like anybody that could like just commiserate with like a six-year-old or a five-year-old having to work through online school. And at one point or another, I just threw my hands in the air. I'm like, Oh, I can't, this, it's crazy, Anna, like release the attachment to this nonsense. Like this is, this is nutty. And you're losing so much of your own sanity as a result. And that sanity was other conversations with adults, you know, gave me, I mean, not that I didn't already have compassion for teachers, but holy macaroni. That's a like, big ooh. topic. <laughs> that's, a, that's a huge topic. And I don't want to go too far off track here, but um, yeah, again, it's like this, this theory of like prioritizing when yeah. you're in the midst of just survival mode, you're prioritizing what you need in that moment. And sometimes that can feel really off-putting to people in your life. I think that would be true. Yeah. It would be weird to say that's not true, but it poses the question of what does the other side of that friendship or relationship do? What are we asking our people to do? Are we asking for them to just step into compassion and know that we're there? What do we need from our people? Patience. Patience. Yeah. Love, compassion, all those mm-hmm. things. Yeah. And no, um, no guilt. No yeah. Guilt. Guilt's a big one. Yeah. Not interested. <laughs> And checking that ego often. Yeah. Realizing okay. that it's not about talk, you. It's about, to me about, about them. Mm-hmm. I just think, um, yeah, like if someone's not messaging me or if I haven't felt connected in a certain way um, or things maybe weren't, whatever it means, going my way, um, that, okay, why? Why is this happening? Like, what is my ego saying about this? Why? Or if I have suggestions for someone that I think might be serving for them, well, why aren't they taking my advice? <laughs> I'm realizing, hmm, Kath, just because you give someone advice doesn't mean they're going to take it. 
or one want it. Um, maybe they just called to have a verbal puke. They actually didn't want you to tell them what to do. So, you know, I have to just... <laughs> Uh, so sometimes I just need to know that people don't want my advice and just really, <laughs> they just want to puke, get it out. And, and I need to smile and nod politely. And I think that's something I'm learning to do, which in my business is very, very hard for me to do. Okay. Let's, I, I love that you went here. So let's just go here because okay. I, I am currently your actual client in real life. Like I hired you <laughs> outside of just you being my friend and offering me advice, which I take probably have taken for free for years. And so now I'm at least paying for it. I, um, uh, so I hired Kathy about, I don't know, a month or so ago. I don't even know. I mean, time is just a month or so ago now. And we've been meeting on the phone to go through her ancestral clearing techniques and process. And for me, it came at a time where I was like, I, I was getting physical pain in my body again, which is, you know, it's part of my story anyway. And I, it was starting to really haunt me in a bigger way. I could not get out of my own ego and out of my own way and like wondering what everything meant. And so I hired Kathy, which is um, interesting, actually linked to this topic that we're talking about, because what you do, Kathy, is really reconnecting people to their own um I guess, stories, literally their stories from their lineage, from their ancestry, but also what they're holding in their physical body and how it's actually disrupting them being like a functioning human being, I guess. (laughs) So I, (laughs) like me and stepping out of our own way. So I don't even know where I really want to go with this. I just kind of want to say, Kathy, I want to ask you to talk a little bit about the work you do and what um what the what it means to reconnect to the stories that you're holding and how you can kind of work through that why it's important to work through that let's see um we are i guess i guess the best way to describe it is with the physical stuff when you when you're having your physical discomfort or heaviness in chest and just reconnecting with what's going on in your body. Cause generally most physical sensation we feel in our body is because of what's going on emotionally for us. And it may be to do with our own stuff um, that we've experienced in our lifetime and, or stuff that's happened in our, in our lineage where we're holding that burden, just life, life, um, life patterns, family patterns, a trauma that's happened in lineage and connecting with that um, if it's not serving you, if it's serving you, then there's no issue. If it's not serving you, then really connecting to it, um, where you're feeling it and sort of, um, I'm going to say making peace with it, sort of looking at it, um, where it's affecting you, why it's affecting you and doing some peacemaking for it. Forgiveness is a, a lot of what we do. And, um, and forgiveness, I said this to my clients all the time, is forgiveness doesn't mean to say that what happened to you or your family and lineage is okay, or that um, it's just that you're now in a place in your life where you're willing to release your connection of that hold it has over you. And that's what it's about, is just releasing that subconscious hold that it has over you so that you can still acknowledge it. You may still even have a bit of an emotion um, to the same things that come up, but now it no longer dictates your daily life or your decisions that you make in the future. You can acknowledge it, but you can, you don't, the anxiety or depression may be not as tied to it as much. Um, the way you function or show up uh, where these things are triggered 
will be improved for you. Those type, those types of things. I think if that resonates with you, I think from what we've done. Yeah, absolutely. And I think practically speaking for anybody listening, what it kind of feels like is maybe a deep meditation. Mm-hmm. Also, maybe I would, I would almost say it feels a little bit like prayer. Yeah, for sure. I'm called prayer. Yeah. Yeah. And it, uh, it really supports the notion that each of our body parts and parts of our body hold specific memories. And for the memories that come up for me, I get this release of going like, now that I'm reconnecting to that memory and what it meant in my body, uh, I can kind of release what it meant and make it mean something new. Or at the very least feel lighter about it and say, Oh, I didn't realize I was carrying it in that way. So Mm -hmm. that, I mean, for example, heaviness in the heart, which we talked about earlier, what would that mean to somebody? Like what, what is the meaning of heaviness in the heart? Well, like heaviness in the actual, depends if it's actually the heart itself or just the chest area. So it can mean a lot of things. So if it's like lungs in terms of taking a deep breath in, it can just literally mean not being able to relax enough into and take in the goodness um, feel that you're worthy of all the goodness coming towards you and really take it in and absorb it. Um, but your heart stuff, a lot of be listening to your intuition, trusting yourself, trusting that those instincts that you have, honoring your heart, um, doing what your heart wants and following your heart as opposed to what you think you're supposed to do or how you've been told you're supposed to, to show up. Mm. So, yeah, so it means a lot of things for different people, but there are generally kind of, there is metaphysical links people talk about that has, a, <clears throat> has quite a lot of commonality in a lot of different practices. And it can be different for different people. It just really depends on how we navigate and how it shows up in a session. But mm, yeah. That. yeah. And I think, I mean, so connected to our topic today, by the way, is just like forgiveness and mm. feeling our way through our intuition and feeling into kind of compassion for ourselves and for the stories that we carry and truly trying to reevaluate and make them mean something else um mel do you have any kind of last thoughts on this any wisdom that or just general sharing that you'd like to provide our listeners on uh, reconnection if if you've been having a tough time know that you're not doing this alone and well everybody's trying to navigate this in their own way however that looks and and I know I've come up against some judgment of self, judgment of others on how they are trying to manage this and just stay in your own lane. Do your thing. Try not to let anybody else's actions, reaction, inaction affect you because that takes on a whole different level of mm-hmm. your energy, I think, that it just is, it doesn't serve you. So try and just stay in your own lane. Don't, don't allow the things that other people are doing, especially with you know, us wearing masks and how certain people are following the rules and certain people aren't following the rules and, and just know that you're only in control of you and how you're reacting to this and, and try not to, try not to get too involved and attached on how everybody else is navigating this. Mm -hmm. I've been stuck in that a few times and I know it doesn't serve me. I know that I can do what I can do. My family is doing, we're all doing the best that we can. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And because we, when we make it mean that we personally are under attack, we go into yeah. the ego, the judgment, the defensive, the disconnection versus it like, and it's hard. It is not easy to step inside somebody else's heart, mind, soul, and life and their situation and really try to cultivate compassion. That is not an easy practice, particularly when you are in survival mode. It's very, very difficult. So I think be gentle with others, be gentle with yourself. Uh, and I mean, I don't want to be cliche here, but if it's kind of meant to be, it will be the people will kind of come back around. We'll circle back at the time that is right and most needed. And I think, I hope that's, you know, going to happen for the majority of people that are listening out there the way that at least it has for us. Mm-hmm. Regardless I, of how different I our story is. This connection and of us and, you know, sometimes there have been days and days and sometimes weeks that we haven't checked in with each other but it was never because I think that oh Anna's mad at me or I think Kathy doesn't want to talk to me it's like literally just doing life Mm -hmm. you know that I'm thinking about you you know that you can call me if you need I know that if shit's going sideways guess who I'm phoning yeah which we have I think but I I will say I was like maybe maybe do they not want to talk like that definitely did cross my mind (laughs) not gonna lie (laughs) Uh, but again that was just like my own stuff right mm-hmm. I'm just grateful for authentic relationships and I feel so blessed to have that in my life totally yeah I'm grateful for you ladies you have saved my soul in a lot of ways over the past few months and I have so enjoyed having you back and reconnecting and we will have you back from multiple other times this is certainly not the last we want to stay in touch with not just what's happening kind of between the three of us and relationships and the wisdom we can try and hopefully dispel or dispel disperse what am I trying to say um but also like what's going on in your life and world and how you can support our listeners as well um Mel in whether or not it's your coaching in the future or it's not whatever feels aligned for you and for anybody kind of interested in more about what Kathy does I think we could probably do a whole episode on ancestral clearing. My goodness, it's such a big topic, big topic. So uh, we will definitely meet again. Um, but for now, I will wave Zoom goodbye to the two of you and let you go on about your beautiful Sunday. And I'll, I'll, I'll text you later. How's that? Thank you so much for being here. Bye, guys. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Oh my goodness, that conversation felt so darn good for the soul, for me at least. I hope it did for you uh, out there listening. This topic, truly, of connection and reconnection, I think is really like the world's biggest edit right now. The world's biggest edit. We are all rewriting the story of who we are and how we knew people and how to continue to really assess those friendships and relationships and connections and discover the values that live underneath them. It may be that you have to rewrite a new story about certain people in your life, step into compassion and really say, though this person was in my life in a certain capacity before, the capacity or the way I know them now is different. 
it is different and you have to accept that and that is okay it's okay it doesn't have to feel good all the time but it is the truth of what's really happening relationships can and do change they change in the best of times we know that and we have to remind ourselves that our people our friends are living through a global pandemic a major global health crisis and so are you so stepping into compassion for others is also about stepping into compassion for yourself and the way that you have responded in your relationships during this time our businesses are not the same our work is not the same our families are not the same the way we interact is not the same transition is very very hard you do not have to engage and i will say this you do not have to engage in any relationship that is hurting you of course not you get to set your own energy boundaries but if you do feel the need to reach out and to reconnect to someone as i have done and as i know kathy and mel did for me as well if you're hurting if you feel hurt if you feel like you're disconnected and you just feel a little lonely opt always opt for vulnerability right opt for vulnerability and courage maybe just say i feel that our relationship has changed this past year and it saddens me i miss you i miss the way things used to be i'm not the same person anymore i know it's possible you feel the same way too a lot has happened and something that i try and do often is to actually say there is no need for you to reply no need to reply just those simple four words i'm just simply reaching out to say um i love you and i hope you're well i texted a friend yesterday just the simple three words hi i love you that's four words <laughs> and i don't think i used a comma hi i love you that's all and we texted back and forth for a couple of minutes and that was it and that was okay just said i love you too a couple other things that i won't share <laughs> but that's all it was and that's okay too Okay, things have changed, um, but we do all need each other now more than ever before. When we go through times of great transition, our minds and bodies go into self-protection mode. We begin operating from like our amygdala, right? Just operational fight or flight mode. What is needed right now, right now in this moment? What does my body need? What does my energy level need? What's the priority? You know, maybe it is that you're just thinking about getting a clean mask for your kid to wear to school tomorrow, or that you just need to make sure that the schoolwork online is up and running so that they can have a continuation for them. And maybe it's not about your children. Maybe you don't even have children. Maybe it's about your need to keep running your business or to take care of the elderly uh, folks in your life that need your care and support right now, or, you need to access CERB or government resources, whatever. If that was the case for you, you're just putting food on the table. Those are the priorities and that's okay. I don't believe that people have been making decisions to cut off connection or to be disconnected. That's so counter to who we actually are as human beings. But I think rather that we have been tracking energy levels. It has tested us all this pandemic and it doesn't feel good when you're not in the energy circle sometimes when someone doesn't have energy for you as mel and kathy and i talked about it can kind of feel like oh you know the unworthiness stuff comes up and the insecurity stuff comes up and wondering if you're important but 
listen, as I always say, and as we said, what are you actually making that mean? What are you making that mean if somebody is prioritizing the health and safety of their family, maybe instead of you? So here is my new story for today. Uh, here it is. I am choosing compassion for others, but also for myself. Instead of wondering why a certain person hasn't reached out, I'm just going to imagine that they can't right now. And instead of wondering if someone is upset with me or not interested in me right now, and there's, you know, while there's no major event to follow, I'm going to choose to rewrite that story to imagine that right now they have to focus on other things to enhance and increase their business because their family depends on it and depends on them. So I'm going to close today uh, by answering an audience question actually that came through for me on my Instagram at unapologetic Anna and it feels kind of relevant here so I'm going to call this my just sorry not sorry moment where Anna gets to be totally unapologetic with you at the end of these episodes and the question was how do you choose your podcast guest. Now that might seem like a really simple question to connect with me and maybe they wanted to be on the podcast if you know who you are out there maybe there will come a time how do you choose your podcast guest this is how what I choose today and what I will continue to commit to is that it will always be about connection and about great content from time to time I will actually be recording alone uh, I like that and I like how it brings out my vulnerability and other times I will have guests on that I feel will really show up here with you I do not and will not check for the number of followers that somebody has in order to invite them on here or wondering who can give me the most clicks. Uh, that is not my motivation, never has been, never will be. I want to talk to humans who have stories to tell and that uh, opens the playing field. That's anyone and everyone really with a great story to either rewrite or to share with us. People who really shift our thinking and bring us back to the very, very thing that we need the most, what this episode has been about connection and reconnection. Until next time. Thank you for joining this edit of the Unapologetic Stories podcast. If you're ready to share your truth and rewrite your personal life story, connect with me at unapologeticstories.com for all the details on speaker training, storytelling, and strategizing your way through this one big life. If you've enjoyed listening, we would love for you to leave us a five-star review on your favorite podcast listening app or Apple Podcast. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Unapologetic Anna for new speaker training start dates. Until next time, stay brave, stay unapologetic, and keep bringing in your truth. <laughs>